On to those amber ways of grain. Coming up on part two of our origin series, we're leaving our scotch roots behind and we're coming across the ocean to explore how whiskey got started right here in the good old USA. From the local grain whiskeys of the Mid-Atlantic to the backwoods of Kentucky, we're going to take a look at what makes an American whiskey different than a bourbon, what exactly goes into a sour mash, and do you know what bottle and bond means? There seems to be a little disagreement among the cash chasers. We'll set the record straight, so pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cash Chasers Podcast. Welcome to the Cash Chasers Podcast, and welcome to part two of our origin series, diving into the early years of bourbon and American whiskey. Before we go there, we of course need a great bourbon to taste, and what better than a little Angel's Envy? What distillery is this? That's this, a trick question we yeah, all know. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's squinting, baby. I think it's Jim Beam. <laughs> it's actually Louisville uh, Distilling. I almost dumped that bowl on the floor. You did. The Infinity Bowl almost went over, man. It's not good. I don't think we were, we've ever used that. What's that? The pour out bowl. Oh, yeah. To dump whiskey. We have a bowl we dump whiskeys in if we're done with them. Bit. And I don't think we're ever done with them. No. That's why we call it an Infinity Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what are we tasting? <laughs> Angel's yeah. Envy, right? So, we have Angel's Envy here. And uh, you know, the, the, so, Angel's Envy finishing a port wine. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that gives it quite the distinct flavor. Oh, yeah. A lot of depth. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I've really come to love things done at finished in port wine for just this reason that we're getting ready to take part in. Let's dig in. Here you go. So good. It is. Wow. So we're in bourbons this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so there's a couple common uh, themes here, right? Yeah. So it's a bourbon. Mm-hmm. So surprise there's corn you know 51 percent right. corn mm-hmm. um you get that you get the oak what you typically get what's new oak barrel right what's different about this is that port wine finish there's a lack of better words a creamy thing going on here at the mm-hmm. end of it sure mm-hmm. almost um almost like a one of those werther's candies you know That's what I mean? Excellent point. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's it has that kind it's of like finish, a, like a, like a mouthfeel. It's not long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. It's not long. No. It's just, it's real short, but it's it's delicious. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. I, I'd eat a sauce made of this. Yeah. I, that's exactly. It. I would eat anything made of it. Well, and I I, I think to your point, that's a, a lot of that is the port. You know, you you, you have sources sauces that are port wine reductions. Right. Yeah. Um, which are fantastic. Um, I'm a sucker for port also, but that's another, that's not even another. Sh- that's episode. a series. That's, a, that's another show yeah. entirely. I mean, Scotch, like they do that well. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, yeah. um, so like, uh, you know, you, you get that. And, and then when you, when you add the, the, the quintessential bourbon flavors to that, your, your caramel, your vanilla, and, um, you know, sort of that molasses thing. And Angel's Envy just does it so well. Hmm. And what a pretty bottle also. It's I mean, a gorgeous bottle. Um, the nose. Mm-hmm. Kind of flowery. Yeah. 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 You definitely, you get the wine. Not, no, not your typical. No, yeah, I was gonna say there's no ethanol getting in the way. It's no, just, it's not. Um, a, you get in this glass. You can you, really yeah. dig around in there. Yeah, it surprises me. And you know, bourbon's very strict on, on their rules and everything. And it, it meets all the qualifications of. And this is going to be one of those. I'm going to dig for you know content mm. on the Facebook page where people you know challenge me. 
and you can challenge me. I want to open up a little conversation here Please. with this comment. Um, it meets all the, it is a bourbon, meets the qualifications for a bourbon. Mm-hmm. And then they do the extra step, right? Right. Jack Daniels mm-hmm. meets all the qualifications sure. for a bourbon, but then they do an extra step. Right. And, and then they say, angry. yeah, yeah, I know. here we go. <laughs> but they say themselves, we're not a bourbon. Right. You know what I mean? We're a, we're a Tennessee whiskey. Mm. And that's them. But they meet the qualifications. Right. Here we are again. I meet the qualifications and then I'm going to finish it. Sure. Now, right. So they could have easily said, you know, American whiskey or whatever, or Kentucky whiskey finished in, but they, they held the bourbon. Why, why I like that? Because the bourbon notes are there and a little elevated. Yeah. A little interesting. Yeah. Angels. I mean, and it, the rye, which I think we've all have is... Oh my God, it's heavenly. Oh, the yeah. rye is. That's another show, though. Oh, man, that is another show. But yeah, that uh, when it comes to rye, that is just for me. Yeah. Head and shoulders above so uh, most. I, I say, and you'll hear us say this a billion times, and Aaron and I mimic it, and Scott, you do the same. Everything we say is subjective. It's our opinion. Yeah. I think a good price point for an everyday bourbon. 30 bucks. Sure. 30, 40 Absolutely. bucks. Right? This is a little higher than that. Mm-hmm. Right. What is the price point on this? This is about typically, I think 50, 50 on the high end, 50, right? 50, 55, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. And the rye you're getting up in the 80s. 80s. Yeah. Worth it. Absolutely. This one is worth every penny. Yeah. Every penny. Yeah. And I usually, there are very few bourbons that I personally will spend more than, let's say, 40 bucks yeah, on for a for, bourbon. For, yeah. For a bottle of it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I mean, part part of that is I'm not as into bourbons as you, you know as I might otherwise be. I do prefer scotches at this point in my whiskey journey, but um, there are th- th- this is one, yeah, fifty fifty five bucks, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's worth it. It's very good. I fi- I, I five star this bad boy. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's a gorgeous bottle. Which I'm not a bottle chaser like Aaron is. I am. <laughs> Aaron Aaron's whole. <laughs> Aaron's whole collection is just full of unique it bottles, is. which is cool. The the whiskey's crap, but yeah, the, bottles the bottles are amazing. Beautiful. If you can make an, if you can put olive oil in it afterwards or ketchup, Aaron's in Ke- ketchup primarily. If it, if it makes it more attractive, no, I, it's a gorgeous. I, I, bottle, I yeah. do try to reuse my whiskey bottles so I can look at them. It's uh, often. it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful whiskey. I'll, Taste all. It's. I'll, I'll tell you this. So we got to say one bad thing. Even mm-hmm. though I said five, in my opinion, five stars. Yeah. Right. The finish is short. Mm. So if you're looking for, so you you know, it's 43%, 43.3 specifically, right? So it's a, it's a low ABV, mm-hmm. a low percentage. You're getting a, a barrel proof. You're going to sit there and nurse it for a while. Think about it. You know, you can sit by yourself, fire and just kind of just enjoy it and talk about it. You're going to get through this glass a little faster. Absolutely. Because you're going to want that next taste and you're going to have to put it in. You can't, it, there's no, the finish isn't long enough to just sit on it for a while. That's mm-hmm. an excellent point. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about price point. Uh, the barrel proof. I feel. I feel like they just had another release, buck twenty, something yeah. like that. But man, am I curious yeah. <laughs> about oh, that I'm going to get it uh, because yeah. It, I sp- and I told myself I've never spend. Rarely would I. What I, I couldn't say never because I have, but over a hundred dollars on a bourbon. Oh, yeah. I would. Right. Yeah. Sorry, well, I interrupted what, you. What What changed my mind about that? Uh, well, <laughs> let, let's get into this when we talk more about bourbon. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but uh, the 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 Angel's Envy is I, it's it's great. It's a it's a great bourbon. It's it's one of very few that I would spend personally more than you know forty fifty Absolutely. bucks on. Um, and and again, that's just my personal preference. You know, if you, if you're somebody that spends hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars on bourbon, go ahead. But for me personally. Um, it's rare that I personally spend, you know, more than 40, 50 bucks on a bottle of bourbon. 
I would on this one. No, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring the name up, but we recently had an localized price point, thousand dollar bottle. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a later show. This, and if it was in a boxing ring, toe to toe. I prefer oh, this. I, yeah. And, and we, we, and the, the listeners are going to be like, what, what, which one are they? You probably know the one we're sure, talking you, about. You, yeah. You know. And, and we've said it time and time again. Still house. <laughs> that's a classic bourbon you right. mouth. I, I love i love still House. listen if it comes in a, if it came, a comes in a can. If paint thinner can i'm in i'm in so that's fantastic yeah uh we, we, we talked about time and time again um money does not necessarily equate no to way. you know no. value right so and i i posted it on the facebook page i think it was a facebook page i posted on i had a conversation with a you know um a look uh, a buddy of mine at the lo- a local Dan at um um in Maryland. There's a great dis- uh, liquor store there, Beards Hill Liquor. A little plug for you there, Dan. There you go. Um, so I was having a conversation with uh, him, and have conversations with your uh, liquor store people, guys. Absolutely. They're, uh, your dentist, your doctor, and your liquor store owner. <laughs> That's your people. Talk That's to them regularly. You know what I mean? Anyway, so uh, I go in there and ask for advice, and he's like, you, you should see a doctor, Bobby. You shouldn't be asking me these questions. <laughs> um, so we were having a conversation. He said, one of the things he appreciates about our group is, you know, People post things and he, it wasn't commenting on the dollar amount. He was commenting on that anyone can get their hands mm-hmm. on. And I, 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 I took that as a deep compliment. We have groups we're parts of where people are posting bottles of things that are, you'll never touch. Agreed. The everyday person. You can go out right now, buy a bottle of Angel's Envy and experience an amazing whiskey mm-hmm. and not break the bank. Right. You know and, what I mean? And that's not to say we will never talk about more expensive bottles. We will because we're a pretentious podcast. <laughs> we are. <laughs> that's right. Obviously. It's coming. But no, yeah, it's, yeah. It, at the end of the day, Angel's Envy, great bourbon. It's a fantastic bourbon. Great bourbon. And that leads Don't us into it. our origin series this week, which is the bourbon origins. Let's get to it. Have you guys had a chance to see our charity video or podcast trailer? If you haven't, you really need to check out the amazing work from our friend John Morgera and Pure Genius Pictures. Whether you're looking for corporate videos, commercials, digital films, and much more, Pure Genius Pictures has you covered at an affordable rate. And the cinema quality work in these videos is incredible. The only thing better is John's attention to detail and his love for the art. Don't believe me? Head on over to our social media pages and check out our videos for yourself. Or better yet, head on over to YouTube and search Pure Genius Pictures for a sampling of their work. If wedding bells are in your future, PGP Wedding Films will make sure your special day is turned into the perfect memory your family will look back on for years to come. For corporate or private video, check them on the web at puregeniusfilms.com. And for wedding videography, you can check them out at pgpweddings.com. When it comes to professional videography, let John and his team at Pure Genius Pictures turn your next event into pure genius. And be sure to tell them the cash chaser sent you. All things bourbon. This is a fun one. Yeah. And I know Aaron's excited. So last week we talked scotch and uh, where that came from. And now that they have since traveled across the Mm -hmm, pond mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, brought their experiences, their knowledge, their stills. Here we are. Yeah. And we land in the, uh, I guess, in Kentucky. That- well, you're not in Kentucky yet. Okay, you, you're in um, you're in Pennsylvania. You're in Maryland. You're in Delaware. You're in that area, right? So you're George Washingtons who are distilling on their own, um, and your your other locals alike are are producing local grain like rye whiskeys. Okay. You know, Native Americans are providing things like rye and mm-hmm. other grains. You have Scotsmen and Irishmen coming over and you're being contracted to actually create whiskey and distill whiskey for people like George Washington, who, you know, who's also making it. Mm-hmm. And then what happens, like most things, um, originally war happens. So we talked about that a little bit before. So certain wars 
And then you get into the Whiskey Rebellion, 1794, the Whiskey Rebellion, taxation to pay for wars that have happened. You know what I mean? So that's when it kind of get. that's where bourbon kind of sneaks in. So the Whiskey Rebellion happens, taxation, the people, local communities in PA and, and that in this East Coast area, you know, kind of get fed up. Well, Virginia, specifically the governor of Virginia, starts to sell land that would be later become Kentucky, right? So he starts to sell this land and who moves into that land? Free land, right? Mm. Your Scotsmen, your PA people, your East Coast people that are upset with the taxes. And uh, the the know-whos and the knows-whats of, of whiskey making push into this area. So right, right there, um, the with all the taxes, mm. do, do, have we seen the underground yet? The underground portion of uh, so we're starting. So we're starting to. So the thing about moonshine in America is it's not legal or illegal yet. Mm-hmm. It's just people are just doing it. It's not considered. You know, you can just make it. Just like I can make soup. Right. right. The taxation thing comes along, and it's really punching more the big distillers in the face, right? And then local and the mash and it's, you know, the taxes going on, the grains being grown. Also, grains are being utilized for war efforts, right? To make bread, to make food. Um, but whiskey plays a vital role in medicinal, for medicinal reasons. So if you're making whiskey, you're taxed. And if you're making whiskey, it needs to be used for medicinally. Right. So if I'm going to, if I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that, I'm going to make my own. So now I'm in the mountains of West Virginia and Virginia making my own. So that's the creeping into Virginia area. Yeah, because and the reason I ask about the uh, the underground and the moonshine is because uh, you think of land that is kind of um, a, a, an expansion of Virginia, right? Less uh, populated. It's, it's wild, actually. Right. It's, yeah, yeah. There's and, nobody there. And so when I think, okay, I'm being taxed mm-hmm. and I want to get away from that. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the outskirts of, yeah. where, of, of wherever I am. And yeah. then. So multiple things are happening. So you, it's not just whiskey. There's mm-hmm. pelts, right? With the French and, and people are trying to make money and people want to make money specific ways. Whiskey, if that's your skill and you're being taxed and remember why they came here in America, right? The first place is to not be taxed with that representation. Mm -hmm. So now I'm being taxed on a federal level. It's actually the first federal or congressional movement um, mishap because remember before that state militia, things like that. So this is the first federal aggression, you know, towards the people where George Washington is actually sending troops to you know, squash the rebellion, whatever. Um, so these people are moving away from this. They know, unlike, you know, Scotland where there's nowhere to go, you know, Ireland where there's nowhere to go, they're going to go to the wild. They're going to go to the free land in what would be Kentucky, which at the time was Virginia and parts of Louisiana. So they're moving down that way. Right. And, and so as they get into that area, right, you introduce the kind of the Ohio River Valley and, and the importance of that, that, that river plays right. and all of this. So, well, the limestone shelves, exactly, which are going to bring in later our, our bourbon. Now, ta- before bourbon, since we're talking about bourbon, the tax is kind of, um, the tax is kind of relieved. Actually, Thomas Jefferson, you know, who's not a whiskey guy, by mm-hmm. the way. He's a he's a wine guy. He's a brandy guy. But he realizes, if you know anything about your history, you know, he realizes it's the people. This mm-hmm. is about the people. So he kind of alleviates a little bit of the tax. It never really goes away. But he starts to idealize the, the we need this. We need this for business. We need this for the people. This is a big part. This is a currency. I mean, forget about the gold. 
you know, it's, it's whiskey. Mm. So we start to see the tax kind of lift up and these people start to build distilleries in this area. And now they're free to kind of do what they need to do with a little bit of government influence, right? But they start to do the things and use the grains. That's a big part of it, grain. Now you're thinking about grain. Now remember what rye had just gone through and other grains, cereal right. grains have just gone through with taxing and war efforts and whatnot. A cheap byproduct and a cheap thing to grow is corn. So you grow corn. Right now I have excess corn because it's so easy to grow. You can't sell used corn. Mm -hmm. So you got to do something with it. So you distill it. So now you have corn. Now you have a corn whiskey, which isn't new. It's just bigger now. Right. So now you have a corn whiskey. Now that evolves. And I think around 1820s, you start to see certain counties. And this is where the argument comes from. Is it Bourbon County or is it Bourbon Street, Louisiana? What we do know is these ferries would come up the Ohio River and they were, they were, trying to sell their whiskey and they were trying to ship it. So remember we, uh, the last episode we talked about was scotch. It was all about transportation in a barrel. They knew the French making, you know, French wines, brandies, things like that. They were using new charred barrels and people loved it. That's why they mimicked it because that's what the people liked. So they wanted that same profile. So they were putting their whiskey into that. And then people on the boats would say, you know, they go to the bar, long day of work. I want some whiskey. I want some of that whiskey from Bourbon County mm. or Bourbon Street, depending right. on your version of the story. And then it just got cut down to bourbon. Mm. And then people just said, I want that bourbon. Speaking of bourbon, uh, you ready for this? I'm popping some more open. There you go. Love it. Nice. <laughs> Need the sound effects. Uh -huh. So bourbon's namesake kind of came before the the nuance, the, 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 the Kentucky, you know, violence they put behind it's their whiskey, right? Cause anybody can make bourbon, right? It doesn't have to be Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Never tell somebody from Kentucky that, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, they hold it, but the name came first and it was the location and it was, everybody was making whiskey. That area was making the best whiskey and it happened to be in that opinion, bourbon. So mm -hmm. now we're in the beginning stages. So let, let's go real quick over currently, like right now, what defines a bourbon? So we're, we're, we're already making people angry and saying it doesn't have to be produced in Kentucky. Well, that's a law. So. <laughs> yeah. And that Sorry. Is, well, and that's the thing. That's Sorry, the thing. Kentucky. So um, until, until, you know, somebody changes it and says must be produced in Kentucky, that's it. But A, has to be produced in the United States, um, made from a grain mixture that is at least 51 51% corn. 51% corn, aged in. New charred oak. Right. Talk talk about that a little bit, chard oak, and how, how we get the flavors from chard oak. Yeah. So, again, first off, French brandy was being made in chard oak, using chard oak. So, we kind of piggyback off of that because that's what people liked. So, and that's what we knew. And remember, you're opportunistic. If you're in a, if you're in a um, backwoods of whiskey count mm -hmm. country, you're using what you have. So, you know new Similar chard theme oak. Similar theme to right. uh, over the it's other Exactly. Side. You're going to see a lot any, play out. Whenever you see whiskey that's being right. made, we're, right. we're having similar stories. The cool thing about chard oak is... And especially American white char charred oak, when you char it, first off, the char itself is giving a little bit of flavor and color, the char, the black. The flavor, the complexity, and what you're looking for is really the caramelization mm -hmm. behind the char. So just like cooking onions or something, when you fry that oak, the layer behind where the whiskey's penetrating through is very, that's where the vanillins and things like that are coming from. So you're getting a flavor profile, especially with the corn. Mm -hmm. That's very unique. 51% um, corn because they want to know, basically that was a crop share kind of thing. They wanted to know that the local crop was 
corn. corn. So I want to know that the majority of what you're putting in your product is corn because you're supposed to be sourcing locally. Mm-hmm. And that's how we took care of our own. And that Scotland did the same thing, right? So the reason corn's the majority is to make sure people are staying in business. So there's your corn and to buy product. And then everything else can be whatever grain you find. Real quickly, I don't want to get too deep into it, but just since we're here talking about corn, difference between bourbon and corn whiskey? Oh, that's an age old question. Mm -hmm. You were going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. Um, With corn, it's really simple, actually. With corn whiskey, you don't have to meet the other qualifications. So... um, there's certain you do. So the five for bourbon, let's start there. And then we'll talk about mm-hmm. what the difference is. Corn whiskey, 51% corn, right? Water only, no dyes. That's the only thing that can go in the mixture. It can't enter the barrel at 100, more than 125 right, proof. Mm-hmm. And it can't be bottled less than 80, right? Um, now you get into corn whiskey. It can't be, I, I think also it can't be bottled at more than 160. I think is. Oh, there's a maximum. I mean, less than 80. Yeah, it can't be less than 80 and more than so you get into corn yeah. whiskeys, you don't have, you know, there's American whiskeys out there. You don't have to meet the qualifications of bourbon. You can make a full corn whiskey and do it like you would a scotch whiskey, mm-hmm. you know, like a single grain, a single malt and just use scot or use corn instead. Um, so you can have a full grain, full corn bourbon meeting, meeting the qualifications of bourbon, or you can have a full whiskey corn yeah. whiskey. That doesn't meet the qualifications. Yeah, it's good to note. I mean, yeah. bourbon is not the only American whiskey. It's right. not. There's plenty. And there's, we didn't start there. And it's funny until the rules kicked in to protect the counties, to protect the locations and, you know, the commonwealths. Um, American whiskey was just American. All bourbon is is American whiskey mm-hmm. um, with a little nuance to it. I was I was looking and I I knew this this was going to come up. So yesterday or the day before, God, the hate mail we're going to get. I, oh yeah, it's more than that. Yesterday or the day before, <laughs> I was looking into specific differences between um, corn whiskey and bourbon, and why it, pause for a cork pop. <laughs> oh, that was rough. It was weak. Um, so uh, something that I found, and I found it multiple locations, but I this isn't from like a definitive source, but multiple locations I found. Corn whiskey actually can't it to be labeled corn whiskey. It can't be aged in charred oak barrels. It has to be mm. either um, new barrels that have not been charred or used barrels. Like a, well, that's like a what I that in. The, I don't know about that's might be true. I don't know. That's good. I, I found I found yeah, it like no, five cool. places. So I'm I just haven't heard that. You bet. Right, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I don't know everything. I don't know if you knew that or not. Just, just most uh, things. But, <laughs> what? We just started this on um, false but pretenses. The, but it kind of it, but it kind of piggybacks a little bit. It does it just doesn't have to meet the qualifications of bourbon. Right. right? The, the qualifications on it aren't as aren't yeah. as stringent. Yeah. And I would so. say, and the listeners can tell me if I'm wrong or you guys, I don't know. The two most wrong regulated are bourbon mm-hmm. and then bottle and bond. Right. That's the two yeah. you know heaviest. Um and Clyde Mays comes to mind. Uh, just mm, nothing, mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. Uh, special, but just as uh, something completely separate because they actually have an Alabama bourbon. Or, no, mm. excuse me, not a bourbon, an Alabama whiskey that I, I think is just a phrase they coined. Bama, uh, Bama. Yeah, um, but they have a whole line just on that. And, and, and well, so everybody wants a piece of regular. Nobody wants to be regulated, but everybody wants a piece of individuality. Mm-hmm. So. You know, bourbon is regulated. That's why it's bourbon, right? And bottle and bond is regulated. That's why it's bottle and bond federally. But people like to be different and they want to have – so you'll see things, verbiage on bottles that aren't real. They mean nothing. Right. Um, And you got to be careful with them. Um, Even small batch, 
you know, there's, you can play with that word. You can mm-hmm. do, that can mean something oh, yeah. awesome. It can mean nothing really. Um, so you got to be careful with that. So Alabama, like Tennessee whiskey, that's a thing, right? Jack Daniels kind of hones that. Exactly. But it makes them different. It's, yeah. it's a PR trick. Uh, yeah. Master distiller. There's no certification for master distiller. <laughs> You're a distiller. Right. And some are better at their jobs than others. Right. But there's a PR-ness to being a master distiller. So, sometimes verbiage is just what it is. Not with bourbon. Yeah. It is what it is. So, know? getting back to the, kind of the roots of it all, right? Uh, we're, American Revolution, uh, this is getting, this is has become currency. Again, another common theme. Medicine. Right. Medicine. Physical Good medicine point. for veteran or yep. for the, for people on the battlefield. Yeah. And um, and then we get uh, we start to get established. And as we're getting established, I believe it was so Evan Williams first distillery or maybe <laughs> legal <laughs> in Louisville, Kentucky. No, first legal. legal. OK, yeah, legal. First Why legal is that? Um, well, remember, now we're in the world of regulations okay. and the U.S. government's kind of taken hold of what's where states are forming mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, Jim Beam was around at the very beginning, you know, um, um Pappy Van Winkle at the very beginning, you know, so uh, within your gene being category. So Elijah Craig, one of the first, a lot of, a lot of preachers, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of people in the religious sector coming out and making whiskey. And they all want to put a claim to that they were the best. Uh, Elijah Craig said, you know, their claim to fame is they were the first bourbon. Um, heavily disputed, but. Um, that, that's, um, that's a, a common theme. And it, people. Men, men and women of the cloth. Yeah. You know, I was uh, the first. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've got your, you've got your monks, you've got your, you know, and, and friars, and then, you know, you get over here and it's a, a lot, a lot of preachers. So. Yeah. And to fast forward and not, and we'll, this is another show, but if you think about prohibition, there were some that were left open during prohibition and some weren't. So to say who is the first distiller, the reason I'm like, well, legal or first true, because true. people were making whiskey, you know, right, well before it, oh, was, yeah. it was it was a life form. It was, oh, absolutely, you know, it was, yeah, it was a, yeah, moonshining and all of that. Oh my is, god, uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and so you know, we're bring, coming up into the 1800s. Uh, we're not quite in that prohibition area era, but um, let's talk about Woodford Reserve, and, and more specifically, I want to talk about sour mash. Yeah. And yeah. what that is, because that plays an important part in the history of this whole thing that, mm. that we're talking about. So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Sour Mash. So, I, I, that? I, yeah. I, I only recently started being introduced to what Sour Mash is. Yeah. And I, honestly, through the Facebook group. Right. You know, I, like I had heard the term before and there was a conversation about it on our on the Cask Chasers Facebook group. About, um, oh, you know, this one's really good. It's sour mash. And I, I was just, you know, I will often comment on things, but sometimes I'm just sort of lurking in the background and reading stuff. And, you know, they started talking about a sour mash and, you know, how it was, you know, it, it basically it's, uh, you know, your, your sour, your sour mash is never a brand new thing. It's, you know, you're, you're taking some from an older mash and, right. and bringing it in. And I'm, I'm familiar with, sourdough it's exactly how they and define it's exactly it, it's exactly the same thing i'm familiar with sourdough because pretzels are delicious so and, <laughs> amen and, to that and maybe more hate mail i don't know but <laughs> dye i have nothing against dyes with scotch um foreign we, we can't use dyes here in america but um dyes are for consistency mm-hmm. that's the point color sure right um sour mash is for consistency yeah. in flavor that's yeah, what they're yeah, going absolutely. for they want to take a little bit from the old and put it to the new and keep the flavor consistent mm-hmm. i don't think anything's wrong with that no. what's important it, it's a neat it's a just a well, neat thing too what's cool about it is you know generation it's generational you're getting a flavor of what 
the original recipe may or may not have tasted like. Did the term sour mash come from the sourdough or did that, which came Ooh, first? That's a good question. I don't know. Chicken or the egg <laughs> sort of thing. chicken or the egg, yeah, right? Yeah, it's kind of, as, as I'm thinking about it, I was like, that's ah, interesting. You got to get a bread maker and, I, and, and, I well, and, and, and that's the thing. When somebody brought it up and uh, once again, people, we are not experts. We are enthusiasts. Um, but that, tell us that was the, yeah, tell, tell us, I mean, is it just the term sour when it comes to yeah. cooking? Well, sour just means, I know this thing. sour means, um, you know, something from before, you know what I mean? That's so, gone I mean, past, maybe, that's maybe gone that's, past its Maybe that's usage. just what it is. Maybe you just, yeah. maybe it's just the word yep. sour. Yeah. You it's, need to know which came first though. Yeah. Now I we're getting into different. <laughs> I really want some pretzels now. <laughs> yes. So back to your question. Yeah. Evan Williams, first legal, truly legal distillery. Okay. Um, big name distillery. So, but you know, before that, the term legal was kind of loose federally, you know? <laughs> so you have, you have, I guess distillers. I mean, these are like shed size buildings. Sure. Right, yeah. being made in up north, and then Evan Williams comes in and starts to make a production out of it. What's cool then after that is you start to see, you start to see. You ever see old school um, like political bouts of local government? How they uh, like everybody lied about it one another, yep. and it was a big show. Mm-hmm. And I promise, no one will ever be hungry. <laughs> so you see this burst of just just these whiskey makers trying to be better than the next. You know, Jack Daniels comes along, and the cool story behind Jack Daniels, probably another show. Um, but they changed their name. They're not, they're, they're Tennessee whiskey. And then you see, you know, Maker's Mark come and they are the first premium whiskey. So you start to see these people, if we can't be the first, we'll be the first at this. And then the whiskey trade, especially in the Kentucky, Tennessee, that whole area just starts to boom and become something really cool and amazing. But they can't hold on, in my opinion, as well as bourbon. Mm. Bourbon just kind of, bourbon almost made a namesake for itself and, People fight you over. Sure. You know, what's, oh, yeah. You know, it's awesome. I've heard people say, and this goes to show you how locked in it is, you're non whiskey people. And some people that do drink whiskey, they'll say, I don't like whiskey, but I love bourbon. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, and, good you point. know, because it's just good a point. term. And, and it just goes to show you the depth. I mean, it is a whiskey, mm-hmm. but there's more to it to yeah. some people. I, I've actually, I, I, and I've heard that on the other side too, is, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll drink scotch, but not whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard yeah, that, yeah, you know. Yeah. Not a whiskey. Like that. Yeah, right. I can't do whiskey, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I will do a nice well, glass well, of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that kind of, that brings us to uh, to today, I think, right? Well, so you have prohibition happens, right? Sure. Um, which sucked. Yeah. And which is not today. I mean, it's not today. Well, but I assume it's But recent, right? Yeah, no, it is. You're um, right. So prohibition happens. Distillers are shut down. You know, things aren't working out anymore. A couple, a couple are do able stay, to stay open. open. Right. Um, and then it comes back. We realize, you know, tax-wise, money-wise, community-wise, especially for the crops, you know, the corn growers, the wheat growers, things like that. Because, you know, weeded bourbons mm-hmm. were becoming a thing. We need this. And especially in whiskey, because Prohibition was anti-beer, mm-hmm. anti-wine, anti-everything. There's grapevines that are being chopped down and burned down. But whiskey, especially in the poor South... Because you have a whole, you know, the depression and everything happening. That's their money. Mm -hmm. Comes back and, man, it explodes. And I think today you're still seeing the aftershock of that. Sure. Local craft distiller. There's a a hatred for the word craft distiller. Yeah. Um, But local distillers growing and popping up all over. Bourbon exiting, you know, your Kentucky and entering in. And you see different flavor profiles. So what Kentucky's known for with their bourbon is their limestone, you know, water. They're that they have that the only limestone shelf, I think, in, in America. So very unique. But that's the key word unique. So other bourbons coming out with 
different bourbons, different whiskeys with a new blue corn, you know, mm-hmm. or a different style of corn or whatever it may be. I mean, we were having well, Balconis, for example, we won't talk about a couple of theirs, but, um, so you just see a really cool boom happening lately. And, and now I mean, lately now right. I mean today yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. where we have bourbon distiller or whiskey distillers making amazing bourbons and they're young, right? Mm-hmm. They're three, they're right at the gate, but they're aging now and they're becoming something bigger. And then I think, you know, yeah. Yeah. Getting and the big guys are run for their money. And, and the areas that it's happening. And I think it was at one of our last tastings, we were talking about, um, well, we looked at the table uh, there was like two or three from Vermont. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they were yeah. good. And they were, yeah, they were, they were good. really, they were really good. good. And Vermont was one of my, my one of my favorites. Ex- yeah, exactly. There. And then, bourbon. that's Vermont that's bourbon. That's a really interesting that time that we're Kentucky. in. <laughs> God, do we have any people and, in the Kentucky in the group? <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> You're doing uh, a good job in Kentucky. Yeah, that's Trevor. right. That's yeah. right. But it, the, but that was a that was a really eye opening thing. It was like, wow, there's two or three from Vermont, and they're really good. And and um, we you know, we just came back from Maine. I have two two. Uh, two for Maine there we had that Stroud water yeah, on yeah, your deck yeah. and you know you you were saying how much you, you loved it um, they're, they're doing good stuff in other areas of the country it's exciting and and they appreciate where it comes from you know you you get in a conversation with some of these guys at these local distilleries and they're bringing up you know I, I, Freddie now you know mm-hmm. they're talking about these big guys that are you know these big name celebrity distillers so they're they're not trying to be better they're just they're trying to they res- there's a respect there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it, I appreciate that. And, and the other thing I like about happening in, in, in these different areas is, um, you know, we talked about the finish and, and, and finishing it in different things. And, you know, whatever the area they're in, they're collaborating with other Oh yeah, people we have in a local, the area, yeah. and we, you know, we, yeah, we have cool. a local, we have a local connection, right? Between, yeah. um, you know, we have uh, Painted Stave, great Delaware uh, distillery, and Lost Wonder Brewing Company, awesome beer company, who's uh, who's yeah, up yeah. and coming and and doing big things, mm-hmm. and the two are collaborating, and it's great to see it, you know, at, at you know, uh, Painted Stave is almost six years in yeah. Lost Wonder, uh, you know, maybe a year or so, um, but to see them at that level. Working together is that's exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting, yeah. and I'm sure that's happening across the country. And uh, so and much to choose from. We have yeah. we have such a cool future in whiskey, where we're just going to get some cool stuff and some neat, interesting things to taste and everything. And I'm I'm pumped about it. Exactly. Yeah. And as we as we kind of get to, towards the end of this origin series, it it it, it almost it naturally comes up as, you know, where do you go from here? And it's exciting to see that that's where we go from here, right? It's the same things that were happening early on. Um, we're seeing kind of the effects of it now with these collaborations and, uh, and these, these, these local distillers popping up in parts of the country that bring its own uniqueness, right? And we talk about the areas in Scotland, um, you know, the same thing happens here, right? Currently, we're going through it. Yeah, Yeah, we're going through it, and that's a cool time. Yeah, it is. All right, so as we round out our origin series of bourbon, that brings us to our spotlight segment. And this one is, uh, this one was a little interesting. Does this come from a tasting event? Yeah, so sometimes when you're you're at a tasting, you don't have, you have to know a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a degree in whiskey, Whiskeyology. <laughs> Whiskey. Um, so I don't know anyone who does. Tell me you are a doctor of right, malt. <laughs> I lied to you. Some of the best people out there, you know, are 30, 40, 50 years in the business. And they know, they've forgotten, you've heard the term, they've forgotten they more. more than we know. Right. Yeah. So 
we do our best. We're enthusiasts and we, you know, I constantly spend time studying and reading and listening and asking questions. But sometimes you kind of get uh, some of the, the simplest questions you get stumped up on in the middle of a uh, tasting. I got hit with a bottle and bond and what that specifically means. So I regurgitate, a, you know, the quick hip pocket version. And then uh, Aaron and I got into this back and forth with does the distiller need to be present? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, so Bobby said, you know, it has to be, you know, uh, you know, the, the same in the same, you know, in the same, dis, in the same distillery, it was like real, real shooting from the hip. Like he said, like, you know, same, same distillery, same year, same, um, same distiller start, start to finish, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to disagree with you on, on that one. But it, um, and it's more the timeline. It's more the t so it it, it wound, like, up, it wound four, up being more of a more of a misunderstanding. So it has to be four years, right? So it, it wound and he up doesn't have to sit there by the barrel for four <laughs> years. <laughs> it's so, done, guys. So I I basically thought, and, and the re the reason that I was that I was initially disagreeing is I thought Bobby was saying, okay, you know, the distiller that distilled it and put it in the barrel has to sign off on it at mm. the end is basically what I was what I was understanding him to mean by that. Um, and I knew that that wasn't, it's government supervised. Right. Right. So yeah, I knew, I knew that, that I knew in my mind because I've, I've seen bottled in bonds released recently by like a new distiller. Like it was that distiller's idea to create a bottled in bond of something earlier. Um, so I, I'm just going to read uh, the, you'll, you'll find the definition worded a couple different ways, but I'm going to read the one that sort of, I, I think sums it up kind of the best and has the most restrictions on it. Uh, so this says to be labeled as a bottle and bond or, um, the liquor must be product of one distillation season, either January to June or July through December of the, of the same year, obviously by one distiller at one distillery. It must've been aged in a federally bonded warehouse under government supervision for at least four years and bottled it exactly, uh, 100 proof, which is 50%. Um, and then stuff about the labels, where it was distilled, if it was bottled somewhere other than this, the distillery, they have to label on there, whatever. Um, so I went and I did a little bit of digging and the, strangely the distiller need, it needs to be the same distiller for <laughs> and, the distilling and, and, process and just for my sovereignty i didn't that's not what i was saying no that, and that's not that, what bobby yeah, was saying yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just how i interpreted it's it funny now that we look back on it and we're kind of thinking what well, he interpreted because it was literally yeah. in the middle of it i spit some information yeah. out and then went back to it and he was like i don't think that's true yeah right, right. So what did i say I, i'll buy you a bottle of whatever you yeah, want yeah, if yeah, i'm wrong yeah so <laughs> like i literally the morning after i i went in and i was like doing research and i'm and I was like, he wanted that bottle. I, I did. I was, but I, I went and did some research and I was like, oh, neither of us is wrong. Yeah. Like I, I just took what he said to mean something other than what he said. Right. And so, and what it is, is, and there's some debate with, should the government, you know, I'm not going to get into that, be, be in part of, but there's also a respect there. It's, it's for consistency. What you're looking for is, is the consumer getting a real product. And sometimes I'm thinking, you know, they should stay out and just let the distillers do their thing. But unfortunately, and it's sad, when you let – there are distillers out there that have faked the funk and mm -hmm. made stuff up and slapped fancy names on the bottle that mean nothing. So this just means consistency. This means that the same distiller – you know, was there through the entire process for four years. No, that's not what it means. <laughs> we were there for 15 years. <laughs> so just, when you get your Hen Henry McKenna 10-year mm -hmm. bottled and bond, that's it's Henry McKenna just, made it. Just, just rock. 
<laughs> in a rocking chair, rocking sitting back there. And forth. Yeah, just yeah, sitting yeah, there. Just, yeah, yeah. Whittling, whittling. Yeah. Chiseled the bottle. Thou shalt so, shall not pass. We thought that was an interesting conversation to have, and it's uh, it, again, it's another effort to make your whiskey consistent. Um, is bottle and bond the best whiskey you're ever going to have? No. Sometimes yes, sometimes, sometimes no. no. It depends Some, yeah, on what it is. It's just, it's but just another regulate. It's just it's another a definition. definition. It's a de- like yeah. bourbon. But does it mean that you know what you're getting? Yes. I think absolutely. So when you're, so, you know, as a new person or an experienced person, as you're going down the aisle and you see that, you should know what you're getting. You know that that, con- that recipe is consistent. Right. And just like with bourbon, you know what you're, what you're, you're at least this mm-hmm. in there. Right. But yeah, there's some fun stuff out there that you don't. You know, the mash bill is, it's a little convoluted and maybe it's 59%, you know, whatever they find sure. is the best, best, best whiskey to give. Sure. There's some either, I'm going to say this, I've had some flavored whiskeys, which is Whoa. hard to say. Whoa. That have been okay. I wish you know, I had a, been good. I wish I had a record I've, scratch. Yeah, sound no, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. And and you know they're not whiskeys. They're flavored, mm, right? Right. Right. But sometimes it's fun to play with it. You know what I mean? And um, I think I think regulation's good. And I think sometimes you'll find some cool, interesting, and then you'll find some terrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. We have found some stuff out there that's just been like, well, why were you doing? Again, I think if you look at the stuff that's you know federally regulated, if you look at it more as a definition, and to go back to what Scott said, you know, you know very specifically what it is you're getting exactly if you're a person that wants very specifically something that was you know uh you know uh distilled during that six month period in that year by that distiller you're gonna know what you're gonna go and look for especially if that's a rock star distiller and and, that, and that's another thing you know yeah. if, it's, if it's a bottled and bond you know who who the distiller is yeah. and that sort of thing it, it could be very meaningful mm. So I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what you're getting, but uh, stuff like that. Just look at it more of, uh, as a destination definition. I, if it says it on the bottle, yeah. this is what it I think. Means. I think what we're trying to get across is people get it's bourbon, it's bottle and bond, it's this, it's that. So that's all I ever drink. Mm, you know, right. just be careful with getting caught up in verbiage Good point. and definitions. Sure. Good point. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That's all I had for that. <laughs> all right, and so that uh, brings us to the. Uh, origin series of bourbon to uh, a close and before we go um we know that uh christmas time is upon us and yeah. uh man what a great time for some whiskey right fire I going cold pictures. outside yeah and we know you're getting whiskey for christmas yes we want to see your pictures we want to see your presence yeah swag whiskey swag right. whiskey yeah. bottles yeah happy holidays that's right general. and so <laughs> i mean also that thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Happy, happy rosha ramahana kwanzaa <laughs> yeah. everybody yeah. We're, we're not a what the season's about group no, we're about no, what no, are you no. getting Let's, that's right come on <laughs> i mean spend time with your family and everything yeah. but we whatever know you bottle. celebrate make sure you get whiskey <laughs> it's, very true. Glass. Yeah. Yeah. it's very true but in all seriousness from us to you we hope you guys have a great holiday season and uh new year is upon us we'll do it all over again cheers all right, Chasers. Well, we really do want to see which whiskey everyone's getting for Christmas, so you can share your photos with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Cast Chasers. And be sure to use the hashtag Cast Chasers Gifts. You can also email your photos at podcast at castchasers.org. So we'll see you next week with our third and final part of our origin series, Whiskeys of the World. So cheers to you. And remember, it's not about finding that perfect dram. It's all in the chase. <laughs>